minutes, 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour. as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Welcome to my final show of 2023 here on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott, and we are going to have Grant Cameron joining us momentarily to take us through the year that was with ufology. Courtney Marcusani will be in a little bit later as well. But the main thing is we have all of you, including race fan in the gold medal position, Robert Lamoth taking home the silver, Dino Bravo with a nice bronze medal tonight, Attorney at Large, Michael Morris, Debster, Paula Foss, James Horn. We see your return here. Good to see you back. Stephanie Kenny Blankenship, Y2K and Road Flare. Thank you for joining us. Big Dog, thank you for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. We'll see you in the replay. Very much appreciate your love and support. And, uh, yeah, we're going to hope that Grant makes it to uh, Reno in 2024 as well. And Joanne, Dave Walters, Jennifer Patterson. Good to see you. Desert Rat, Gizmo, Mama Catherine. Mwah! I love you, Mama Catherine. How you doing, my dear? Lee the Bee, Chris716, Lightwalkers, Mr. Cowley. Welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced out radio. 
Mr. Cowley will be signing autographs after the show. Line up to the left of the studio, if you don't mind, to the left of the studio. Kurt M., good to see you as we continue on with our roll call tonight. T-Bone, my man. Laura Lobbs, Jessica Davenport. Woo, am I? How you doing? All right, continuing with our roll call here. Let us say hello to number 17 in your program, starting at left wing from Stockholm, Sweden, Lars Janssen. He'd make a good Canuck. Good Canuck. Okay, Noble Patrick, Digger Dog, Brown Dwarf. Good to see you all. Thank you for coming on in. Pam Harris, thank you for joining us. Nina Williams and Bar Madison. Thomas Rock, nice to have you all here. Steam Train Mark is back, letting us know in Australia we are alive tomorrow. We made it for another day. Steam Train Mark will be signing autographs after the show as well. Line up to the right of the studio, if you don't mind, to the right of the studio. Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived, which means we can officially start this show. Paramarv, thank you for coming on in. Rayfin, Dragonfly, Stephen Giles, welcome to SOR Chat. And who else do we have here? We have purple-haired Pixie Lara. She'll be in Reno, Nevada. Chris Mack, thank you for joining us. And thank you for, yeah, the beard is looking nice tonight. Very nice. You know, I'm in playoff mode right now for my Oilers, and we haven't even got halfway through the season yet. Vash the Impaler, Cliff Sigh, April Cotton Dick, how are you? Good to see you again, my dear, on Vancouver Island. And who else do we have here? Glenn John McEnroe, the pride of Wimbledon, JSCO. Good to see you. Nikki in Seattle and Driftwood, good to have you here. UAP Mike, that's Cherry Pepsi Mike there. He's cracking one open, spilling it all over his piano key tie. Yep, there he is. Uh, w Decker, how you doing, my friend? And thank you for that wonderful super chat. Very much appreciate your love and support throughout this year, my friend. And thank you so, so much. Lori Rosenfeld, how are you, my dear? And uh, Marty Burback, Richard Elmore. And who else do we have here? American Patriot, USA. USA. There you go. Give you a few of those. Ozzy Ange and Maureen Green. Thank you for joining us. Jenny White Bear. We love you. How you doing, my dear? All right. Let's get the radio side started, shall we? And welcome once again to the radio side and podcast side of Spaced Out Radio tonight. It's our year in review with Grant Cameron on the field of ufology. And I have a feeling Grant is going to go off tonight. We love it when he does. And we've got him for the next couple of hours as well. And we are continuing with our roll call as Bill WD40 joins us in the Spreaker chat to lube us up for tonight's show. Because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. Not rigid, just nice and smooth. And that's why he's lubing us up right now. All right, Brian Morgan, thank you for coming on in. Debster, thank you for that lovely super chat. Very much appreciate Yes, I did get your email, Deb. So thank you. I will respond to you soon. And uh, much. I'm so happy you're back. I really am. All right, we got uh, just a few more seconds here. TJ Conley, welcome to SOR Chat. And reminder to all of you that you can shop at our Spaced Out Radio store. We do not have ugly swag, people.
from the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old baby the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. A power show of ufology tonight. Grant Cameron is going to join us to break down the year that was and the year that could be in 2024 and taking a look at ufology. Courtney Marcassani will be here a little bit later in the show for the UFO report. And of course, we got Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. It was good, it was bad, and sometimes it was ugly. That is the field of ufology these days as we try and figure out whether or not we're heading for confirmation or disclosure of UAP man-made objects or UFOs that come from another world. The only person that we need to talk to about this entire subject is legendary researcher out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Grant Cameron. He's a good Smythe Division supporter from back in the day if you're a hockey fan. Yes, because I'm an Oilers fan. He's a Winnipeg Jets fan, and we do clash when it comes on the ice. We do. But nonetheless, he is a hero of mine. He is a mentor of mine, and he is somebody that when he speaks, I listen. Because it may sound weird. It may sound a little bit too aloof. But the one thing I know, when Grant Cameron goes down a path, he's going to follow it right to the end and then move on to the next. That's what real research is all about. Grant Cameron. Welcome to Spaced Out Radio. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Thank you for being here again. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, lots to talk about, I guess. And uh, welcome to Lori Rosenfield from uh, Toronto. She's a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So we got we got a couple of hockey fans here. I know we do. Absolutely, we do. And, you know, we could spend the whole time. And that's why I'm wearing my Edmonton Oilers hat tonight, because I thought you wouldn't come in in a shirt and tie. I thought you'd have your oh, yeah. Winnipeg Jets gear well, on. This this is the NHL, man. It's like, uh, you know, it's, this is not, uh, you know, other professional sports where the guys show up looking like they're coming off the street looking for money and uh, hand, hand out change. I mean, my kid played uh, Winnipeg Junior Jets 10, 11 years old when they were traveling around. You didn't dare go to a game day without a, a tie on. So I, I showed up for your uh, last show of the year with my uh, suit and tie on. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny because going into this hockey season, my little guy, who's 10, he yeah. had to have a suit blazer and dress <laughs> pants for the yeah. hockey season. That's how serious it is up here. You yeah. know, when, when we go that to a game, true. we go dressed up and putting on our Sunday's best in order to make an habit. But Grant, we could talk hockey all night. You know that, and I know that. But it is about UFOs, the good, bad, and the ugly of 2023. Let us start off with the good. In your opinion, what was great about this year in ufology? What was really standing out for you? 
Um, open discussion, I guess, is the main thing where you can now talk about it without, um, you know, people ridiculing, although I never got much of that. But uh, I think for a lot of people, that was the main thing is that it's sort of out in the open and people are talking about it. Now, the big question is to figure out uh, what it is. And I think I have a bit of a different opinion than most people. And uh, that would, I think, would be the the main thing. And that, but that's since 2017, because I don't know when you got into it. I got into it in 1975, a long, long time ago. And I keep telling people, and they, I don't know if they really believe me, uh, it's a different world. There's no way what was happening now was happening then. Completely different world. Uh, you didn't talk about it. I remember I, I always tell the story that the first book I tried to publish with my friend, who's actually now fighting for his life, the guy who was driving the car. Um, when I tried to publish the, the first book, I remember the woman saying, Mr. Cameron, you may believe in this kind of stuff. Count me among the unbelievers. And all it was was stories of a, of a small town in Manitoba. And she was uh, the big publisher here. And she knew about this story. And that kind of stuff, I think, has, has, has uh, toned down. So we can at least have uh, discussions, civilized discussions, without having to put up with uh, crazy skeptics and debunkers who uh, haven't read a book and don't intend to read a book and think they have the answer to everything. Who really stood out for you in 2023? Well, I guess Gresh. Gresh I mean, there, there's no no doubt that Gresh was the guy. Uh, he's uh, Whether he was set up to do this, uh, I'm not sure. I remember uh, we first heard about him in this event in Canada when we had uh, Mellon and uh, Elizondo and the boys, and they were going to do this thing for Larry McGuire and these uh, nine MPs from, from Canada. They were going to do this. Thing. And then they pulled out once they heard Canada was going to do a scientific investigation. Um, they they wanted us to do the military, you know, scare people and separate them from their money and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the Canadians just basically said, no, it's going to be a scientific investigation. But at one point, uh, Larry Maguire's assistant, who you've dealt with numerous times, said, hey, have you got? can we get in contact with this, this guy, this Dave, Dave guy again? And they said, Dave, Dave who? And they said, Dave from Colorado Springs. And that's Dave Gresh. So the Canadians actually had contact with this guy. They were pretty impressed with him. And so that was going back to August of 2022 uh, when we first heard about him. So when when the story broke, it said, Dave, and I'm going, like, where does he live? And then he's a real estate agent in, in Colorado Springs. Like, hey, that's the same guy that we had heard about. So he's a pretty impressive guy. I don't think anybody's going to uh, try to knock him off the pedestal. He, again, shifted almost like the 2017 thing where you had this massive shift where everybody's saying, oh, it's garbage. I mean, you're just speculating, uh, this kind of thing. And then suddenly the New York Times comes up and says it's for real. I think that Gresh was the same thing. It was not only is it real, but uh, they've got bodies, they've got crafts, and uh, the, all, all the rest of it is real. Now, again, it comes down to what Jim Semivan said, just because you've got bodies and crafts doesn't mean you know what the hell is going on. So uh, Gresh for sure is the main guy. Do you think that David Grush got a, you know, uh, an easy time this year, a rough time when his, you know, his personal health history was doxxed. I mean, do you think that he uh, received a, a very warm welcome or a very cold welcome to the community? Well, he got both. He got the everybody cheering because he, he sort of moved the ball down the field. But of course, you're going to get people who, uh, play the skeptic who uh, realize that if you get a big story, I've always said that about skeptics, is what they're doing most of the time is they're playing off people's power. 
So, for example, if you can go after the president or if you can go after Lou Elizondo or whatever, and if you can take them down or get into a debate with them, you get their power. And I think that's what it's about. So a lot of uh, big names, skeptics uh, went after him, the same as they went after the, the films from the from the Nimitz. Uh, and the whole thing is you put your name into the story as if you're equal to the story and then you 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 argue it. And, and it's this rag- rational, analytical, logical thing where I don't have to read a book. I don't have to know anything. I can logically out, out debate you. And we play these little word games and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not surprised that he took some flack, but uh, he had to know that it was. And it's the old deal is uh, what is it? Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh Burchette said, "When when when you when you start getting the 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 uh, the shots, you know you're over the target, and and that's basically what it is. So he he was the guy to take down. It's like you and I. I mean, nobody has to take us down. We we're not big players in the game. But if you suddenly break a big story and you're the big guy, you're gonna have all sorts of people coming after you because uh, they're not going after people who have ten followers on 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 Twitter." No, that is definitely true. And with David Grush and everything that he brought to the table, probably his most impactful statement out of everything that he said this year is that we have the craft and we have the pilots. And it, it amazed me how long it took the field of ufology and the mainstream media to actually jump on that sentence, which to me was the most important sentence of 2023 by anyone that we discussed with. What was your reaction when he said that? I didn't hear him till really late. It was only maybe a couple of months ago I first listened to his interview. And I thought he, I was, he, he really impressed me with, he, he especially his knowledge of um, classified world where he would, uh, you know, he didn't have to reach for and uh, words as to how things work and stuff like that. And I've done a lot of stuff on the, on the White House and stuff like that. So I sort of understand the, all the terms they use for classified material and how it's how it's broken down. So I was impressed with that. The, the, I was not that impressed with the, the, the craft thing, because as people point out, he's still having secondhand stuff. Like now this big story is the big craft. I mean, the craft that they buried. Well, that's a story John Lear told me like 30 years ago about the craft that was so big that they had to bury. So uh, we've heard these rumors before, and it, it comes down to um, can you actually validate what he's saying? The one that impressed me most was James Lakatsky. So like James Lekatsky is not a secondhand witness. And James Lekatsky, what amazed me is with the stuff that James Lekatsky said that everybody totally ignored. Like James Lekatsky said, we've got a craft and we've been inside it. And everybody ran with that story. And everybody forgot the whole rest of that, the story around that, where he said, I was in a meeting with a, with a senator and an, an undersecretary, I guess, at the Pentagon. And, I, and nobody picked that up that there was a senator in when they were discussing this craft. So the whole this debate now is, oh, is this thing legal? It's illegal or whatever. And it's like, no, that had to have been Harry Reid. This is 2011. He said this happened. And and Harry Reid was there. And this is what I the, I'd sort of differ with other people is I say that this thing is probably legal, that they is definitely legal now, but um, that this was all set up uh, by the government. That's how the people got the crafts. They kept asking, how did, how did they get the crafts? And nobody's answered that question. They just sort of pretend it didn't happen. Oh, no, no, we don't have to worry about that. That's a critically important question. How did the contractors get the crafts? And uh, so when you have uh, uh, this guy saying that they're having this discussion and there was more to the discussion, he can't talk about the rest of it, but he's a first-time witness, said, yeah, we've got a craft, we've been inside it. And there's a, there's a senator in the, in the room uh, when this discussion is taking place. Then you look at the Gang of Eight. And that's this whole idea that I have is that the Gang of Eight 
is your your head of the, the 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 two heads of the intelligence committee, the heads of the the two parties in the House and the, and the Senate, and you have these eight guys who are briefed on these very compartmentalized programs where they say we have this program, but we're not even going to tell you uh, basically the details of it. You just know that we're running this program and a gang of eight. And Harry Reid was the the head of the Senate, so in 2011 he would have been the gang of eight. He would have been briefed. And the proof that this thing, to me, that that it's that it's um, legal, and that a lot of these people know they're playing stupid, that they really don't know about this, is the fact that Harry Reid in 2009 writes the letter. You remember the letter he writes to the Pentagon? He he writes to this deputy deputy secretary at the Pentagon, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to hide OSAP. He's trying to make OSAP a, an unacknowledged special access program with a with a bigot list on it, and he doesn't get that, and then uh, OSAP ends up being leaked. If he had gotten that through and they had approved that 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 program, it would you never would have heard OSAP. You never would have heard of ATIP. It would have been still classified. And that's the whole deal is he was doing the same thing. He was trying to put it into this WAVE special access program. And to me, that has always uh, been my impression is that, um, that they have this material. Uh, it As the Canadians said, and the Canadians, another thing that people ignore is the Canadian statement from 1950. What did Wilbur Smith say? He said, I was told by American officials that flying saucers exist. It's the most highly classified subject in the United States. People keep forgetting that. It's it's the most highly classified. It's going to be the deepest uh, secret that they've got. And uh, you, you, you have this situation where uh, they've got all these rules and regulations to, to protect this. And um, that, that Reed knows the game. He's playing the game. And uh, so Lekatsky, that interview that I heard from Lekatsky, sort of validated a lot of stuff I've been saying for a long time. But th- this whole idea of the classification, even Walker, we had the first book I published was 1990, when the Bob Lazar Area 51 thing was going on. We covered that story, but we also covered Dr. Eric Walker, who was the chairman of the board of the Institute for Defense Analysis, the top military think tank in the United States. Uh, very, very powerful guy, 14 honorary doctorate degrees, uh, do- doing studies for President Eisenhower. And that's when he said to us, and I posted this numerous times and nobody's really replied to it on, on Twitter and Facebook recently. He said to us, why should we change the rules and regulations to satisfy your curiosity? He said that in 1990. When he said that, I immediately thought, rules and regulations? There's rules and regulations? And that was 1990. He was already saying, we've got rules and regulations and we're not going to break them. He said, you're just curious. Admit it. You're just curious. Why should we change the rules to satisfy your curiosity? Go and study something else. You're never going to learn the truth, so forget it. And he basically laid it out. And, and that's the, the, the bottom line is that if you've got an $886 billion defense budget or whatever it is, the real number is, you're going to have a lot of security because that, that a budget of that size is three times the Chinese budget. It's the Canadian budget is 25 billion. This is 886 billion. That's a lot of fear. It's a lot of guns. It's a lot of uh, uh, believing that you got enemies and stuff like that. And with that kind of budget, you're going to have extreme secrecy. You're going to have all levels of secrecy. Every trying to hide something deeper. And that may be what they're doing right now is is, is they're trying to dig it deeper, put it into a, a deeper compartment where nobody can get it. I think you're absolutely correct on that. And, you know, one of the things that we have to keep an eye on is how the government is moving in in this direction on whether or not we are moving towards a disclosure movement or whether we are moving towards more of a confirmation. But we can get to that a little bit later. 
The one thing that we did notice in 2023 was the lack of Lou Elizondo. He was tweeting the odd time, no interviews, no television appearances. He just stepped off the face of the map to farm in Wyoming. What was your thoughts of that? And do you see in 2024 a resurrection of Elizondo? Well, that's your impression that he's farming. I never heard that one. This first time I heard that. No, I'm just. I know he is. <laughs> well, that's a, a Danny Sheehan's story. Was that he's he's running uh, the A tip version of the program for the Space Command? I mean, and and that was coming from Danny Sheehan. He must. He was his lawyer. Must must be some truth to it. It's like what what does he do? I mean, if he was a he, I think he was a GG fifteen, which is like one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. You don't go from one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year to to nothing to a to a pension. Uh, and John John Ramirez told me the same same thing. He said he's getting instructions, and the same you listen to either it's Eliz- whether it's either Elizondo or you listen to Lakatsky, they'll always say this thing. Oh, I can't talk about that. And so the question is, well, who's listening to him? He's got somebody's got to be listening to all his interviews. Somebody's got to know what's classified in this field and what's not classified, in this, which means he's answering to somebody. And what they do, the way James Lakatsky explained it, and that's the way it works is that if you want something done, you have to get it approved through this board. You have to get it approved that doesn't have classified material in it. And that's when you go back to Chase Brandon, who wrote the book in 2012 about the Christos conundrum, the story of the CIA dealing with the Roswell. He he said it was reviewed eight times, I think. And they, they made all these changes. And he said, if you want a good read, read the book. If you want to learn something, read between the lines. And that's this whole idea. So, uh, Elizondo's doing that, and so is, is Lukatsky. When they said to him, when he said, "We've been in, we've got the craft, and we've been inside the craft," and then they said, "What's inside the craft?" and and they cut him off, and he sort of indicated, he said, "Well, if I answer that, everything else in the book would seem primitive, which is what it where it goes. It's it's so complex, and 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 the thing he said, I have to write it down and get it approved, and I may be able to do that in the future." And the other thing that Lukatsky said, which was extremely important, he said, "Comb Kelleher and I." are experts at taking highly classified material and moving it down in levels. And that's the whole thing. So they have this program. And what I pointed out is, so you see the program, the the, the, the Schumer uh, rounds um, amendment. So it said it was going to run between 2024 or 2023, 2024 and 2030. And everybody said, well, why so many years? What the stuff? And that's this gradual disclosure, which I've written five books on. They've always been doing this gradual disclosure. This was supposed to happen. I wrote it about in Imagining Magic in 2017. I published it. And basically what I was told by Chris Bledsoe and other people was the big man who was Jim Semivan said, we are going to we're going to uh, disclose this thing. High level people are going to come forward. They're going to say UFOs exist and we're going to push it out. And the story was that it was going to go from 2017 and it would finally be disclosed in total in 2025. But Hillary Clinton lost the election and it all blew up in their face and they had to go. And then they waited 10 months and then to the stars came out and they didn't have the three. I call them the three kings. Uh, Weiss from Rocky, Lucky Skunk Works, uh, McCaslin and McKay. Those guys uh, weren't there anymore. They had to bring in Elizondo, like the B team, bring in Justice and all these guys who weren't the big boys. And they, they started again. So it's the same plan. It's a six year plan where they gradually disclose this stuff. And uh, it's the same thing. It's just you run the play. It didn't work. Okay, run the play again. And this time they were going to run it before the election. So they're going to run it a year before the election rather than waiting for the election and then realizing you lost the election and and the whole thing blows up. And you can see from from stuff they were doing, uh, for example, in in the the Schumer uh, amendment, it said everything after 25 years 
uh, has to be de de declassified unless you've got an exemption for the president. Well, that's John Podesta, 1995 with Bill Clinton. They did an executive order to try to get the UFO material out. And what they said is anything over 25 years has got to be declassified. And a billion pages of material got declassified, but not the UFO stuff. That's how they figured they were going to get the UFO stuff out by forcing everything after 25 years to be declassified. So you see this, this same program that they ran before, they're running again. And of course, this time it, it blew up uh, because... Um, they were short six Democrats. People always on this thing about, oh, the the, the black ops or the uh, the uh, uh, Lockheed Skunk Works that blocked it and all this crap. No, there was six short on Democrats. If there had been six more Democrats won a seat, this Schumer amendment would have gone through with not one single word of change. The only reason it went didn't go through is because uh, Rogers and Turner ran committees and they got the House guy and they could block the bill. If they had they didn't control the House, it would have been sit down and shut up. You have nothing to say in this thing. And it wouldn't have mattered if, if, if Turner had gotten $5 billion from Lockheed. He still couldn't have blocked the bill. The only reason it got blocked was because a couple of guys that ran powerful committees decided that they were going to block the bill. And so that's where we are, where uh, it, it got killed. And that's the bad news in 2023 is that this thing got killed way worse than I think people think that this is it's game over. Now it's written into law, this whole thing. 90 seconds to go. Did you like the job that Newsmax did in the States or News Nation did in the States regarding the UFO coverage? They came out of nowhere and all of a sudden really seemed to step up as leaders in UFO news. Yeah, they, they, I, I don't have a TV, so I only get it, you know, secondhand through YouTube and stuff. But yeah, they did. They did pick up on it. You would think that all the others, the other ones, I guess, are sort of um, they don't want to take the chance. It's like we're the big networks and we don't want to. Uh, you know, look stupid or make a mistake or whatever. Because the New York Times had a chance at, at some of those stories, the Gresh story, and they turned it on. Washington Post turned it down and stuff like that. So they have made the the uh, the the place where it's the place to go. It's the place to to get the the um, the news on it. Uh, they've done a wonderful job, and and it's an open discussion. It's still a little bit on the fear thing. They they're still on this, uh, you know, evil aliens and uh, Illuminati and evil government and all this kind of stuff. They're, they're on that aspect, but other than that, they're they're They've, they've got the story. They're getting the ratings and uh, good for them. Well, you know what? I like the fact that they are covering the story with a very, very intuitive type of play. Like they're not playing into the government. Now, some people will say they're the TMZ of ufology that's coming up, but uh, I would, uh, I would tend to expect that they are, you know, going to continue and realize that people want to know about this and they're going to continue playing the game when it comes to UFOs uh, going right through. Grant, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to a break here at the bottom of the hour, 2023 year in review. The legend, Grant Cameron, is here with us tonight going over everything that we need to know about what happened in ufology in 2023 what to look for in 2024. We'll be right back. I got to give a shout out right now to Harvey Kraft, who is listening over on our LinkedIn side of, of the live show. And Grant, uh, Harvey was the gentleman I had on the air the night Carl, the alien, showed up at oh. my window. Wow. There you go. Yeah. And uh, he remembers it all too well. 
all too well. So it's kind of cool to see Harvey uh, in there. Uh, Maybe Carl will show up again. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) So in case you didn't, I know, Grant, you didn't hear. I I told the story of what happened this summer um, on the show uh, this summer where um, seven of us came across when we were doing some filming out here. Seven of us came across a, a UFO landing and a um, and one or two alien greys. I never saw them. I saw the craft. Uh, one or two alien greys walking away from the craft. They were about uh, 30 yards from us. You you saw the craft, but you didn't see the... the... I did not see the beings. And so how many people saw the beings? Four others. Wow. Yeah, two grays. And two and, tall grays. and and what what do you what do you think it was about? Uh well, near your place there in the in the in the forest yeah. there? Yes. They must have had a reason. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They usually they don't yeah. land anymore. They don't land and you don't see the beings running around. That was the 1960s, 1970s, which is what I always point out to people that the, the game has changed. There, there's, there's no windows and crafts anymore, and there is orbs and and there's there's there were, there was no crop circles before, and there was no landing traces anymore, and cattle mutilations have sort of died out to nothing, and uh, it's just like the phenomena keeps morphing. So every time they do something like that, you sort of wonder who the message is for. And uh, well, I can I can tell you, Grant. Uh... We may be going back in this summer, so if you're looking for a holiday, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm never into the the thing. I don't go to sky watches. I, I don't. I don't really want to see anything. And I have no. I I, I saw some stuff in '75, pretty close, and uh, I know I'm, you did. <laughs> but I I've never really been interested. In fact, the, the one time when it, when it looked like I might get inside a portal, I thought, oh Matt, can I hand this off to somebody else? I just it didn't didn't really interest me. It was sort of like. And I did have an experience that night, but it was like, and then they said, what do you think? And I go, I don't know. Was, you saw what I saw in 75. It was like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> but I was like thinking to myself, that was, that was garbage. What, what I saw it was like flashing, flashing light over my head. It was like, yep. But, but I, uh, you know. It's, well, we uh, felt these, we felt these guys um, uh, a few minutes beforehand where we were, um, or we were, um, how can I say, uh, Samantha and I noticed. Um, oh, she was there. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Samantha was there. <laughs> yeah. That's and, why. Yeah. And uh, we, we had noticed that uh, we could feel uh, energy running through the ground towards us. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That was kind of cool. So you got your display. So you saw the craft, and, but you've seen a being before. I've seen the being uh, being before, yeah. uh, but but the craft was maybe eight feet by ten feet. It was uh, real matte brown color, turning into a bronze. Yeah, uh, not shiny at all. Um, the sun was reflecting off the top part. So, so how did the thing leave? No idea. It, I I moved with the group when they started watching the 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 grays walk through the two one or two grays walk through the trees 
Uh, I kind of went with them, couldn't see them. Uh, about 15 seconds later, I went back to where I'd seen the craft and the craft was gone. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Wow. That's a theory of wow. It's like I, I'm writing a new book and, and part of it I, I talk about the thing was any paranormal phenomena, the, the final answer to the thing is, wow, that was really weird. What is it? I have no, no clue what, what happened. It's like, it's like, it's not, nothing in you fall in paranormal phenomena ever gets solved. Nothing ever. Mm -hmm. it, it's like they, yeah, we should, we should give a shout out. Human Carl says human Carl is here. Cause alien Carl isn't, uh, we got 20 seconds. Big thank you to big dog, W Decker, Debster, Lori, Jennifer, trod dog, and Maddie for the super chats. We really appreciate the love and support. Don't forget to shop at our Spaced Out Radio store and our website. Hi, Mr. Catfish. No, there was no missing time, and it was daylight. Here we go with the second half hour. Good half hour, Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. We continue on with the year in review with Grant Cameron tonight, looking back at 2023, the year of ufology. And we did the good in the first half hour. Now we're going to go to the bad before we get to the ugly. And Grant, thank you so much for being here. We should remind our audience you can buy any of Grant Cameron's books to uh, on Amazon uh, to add to your library. So make sure you go do that. Nice little late Christmas present for yourself. Grant, welcome back. Well, thanks for having me back. Always, my friend. It, looking back at this year, you know, like I said, we we discussed the good that that has happened. A lot of the good. What did, what did you think was the bad for you? What really stood out? Um, well, the bad would be that um, it's basically game over. I mean, it's game, set, match. I mean, you, you're not going to – it's been written into law because before it was, oh, we got to figure this thing out. Um, you know, do, do they have the contractors have it? You know, we gotta, we're going to make, make them produce this kind of stuff. And once it got rewritten, once uh, the bill was blocked, the Schumer Rounds Amendment was blocked, it got rewritten. And basically, then it was signed, number one, by the House. It was signed by the Senate. And it was signed by the President of the United States, which means it is now the law. And the law says you don't have to give up your eminent domain. You don't have to uh, produce documents, just classified documents to the archives. You don't have to tell us. You don't have to, you're, you're free from being subpoenaed by a panel underneath the, pre, uh, the president of the United States. And basically it's all written in the law. Now it's all legitimate what they've been doing because that's basically, it, that's the way the law works is you, you sign it and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose and the ufology lost big time. 
This is now legal. They can they, the, the contractors, uh, uh, whatever they've been doing is now is now legal. It's it's signed into law. See the big insult for me in 2023, and to I believe people around the world was the BS uh, report that NASA made. Standing up there, looking and treating people like we're a bunch of fools. By and they didn't even look into their own archives. They didn't look into their own film or their own publicity. You know that many people have in ufology. You know regarding Bill Nelson standing up there. We're going to find them UAPs. You know. Well, and they came out with nothing. Well, in a way, in a way, I I did. I would agree with him. I would agree that whatever he's missing is the government parses words. You got to listen very carefully to what the government is saying. They're saying, yeah, UFOs, UFOs, UAPs exist. We're going to study this. We have no evidence of extraterrestrial. The question is, is it extraterrestrial? The, the big thing I would say is, no, I don't think it is. I mean, Jacques Vallée went there 25 years ago. This is consciousness. I think it's it's a spiritual thing. Uh, and, and that's the whole thing. You see everybody making the same statement. We have no evidence of extraterrestrial intelligence. And Jim Semivan, who got the briefing, said the same thing. He said, because you've got bodies and crafts does not mean you know what's going on. He, and Jim Semivan, who got the briefing, said, I don't think in my lifetime I'm going to know what the solution to this thing is. And that's what I think people are missing is that they think it's like, oh, we got the whole thing. It's called presentism. Our grand, our parents were idiots. They listened to bad music and they believed all sorts of stupid things. And our grandparents were even worse. They just, like, I can't believe some of the crap they believed. But we've got it all figured out. We've got it all figured out. And all we need to do is NASA's hover, uh, covering it up. The government's covering up and we can force the last piece out. We're going to, we're going to solve this whole thing. We're going to put it together. And the, I would say that they haven't got a clue. If you look at the 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 war in Ukraine, this is World War One trench warfare. They're just lobbing shells at each other. Where's the secret technology? How come the U U.S. Air U.S. military lost in Afghanistan against a bunch of guys driving around on donkeys? Where's the secret technology? I don't think they have secret technology. I think the the the, the problem we have is that this thing is so complex. That's what Lakatsky said. If you knew the answer to that, everything else in the book would seem primitive. And I, I wrote the book uh, Aliens, uh, UFO Sky Pilots, where I did the whole thing about people moving, whether it's uh, John Ramirez or uh, US Air Force retired colonel or a 747 United Airlines pilot, all these people are ordinary people. They would say, you go, you go it's inside your head. The, the beings would say, go inside your head. It's inside you. As soon as you can imagine where you want to go, just push the button or touch the panel or whatever it is, and the person would do it, and they would suddenly be there. There's no way we have that technology. Or if you listen to Danny Sheehan, who's doing the interviews for the Senate Intelligence Committee, he tells about the guy with the craft, where he goes inside the craft, and on the outside, it's like 30 feet across, and the inside, it's the size of a football stadium inside, and he's in there, and he gets disoriented, and he's all dizzy, and then he, he's in there for about two minutes, and he comes out and realizes he's been gone for four hours. We've, there's no way we got that kind of technology. That's the whole thing is we have this presentism thing. We've got it all figured out. We do not have it figured out. And and they're being very careful in their words about this extraterrestrial thing. Uh, I would I would bet against it being extraterrestrial. I mean, there's a there's a component. It's it's somebody else's technology. Uh, it's some sort of consciousness thing. But uh, I always tell people uh, if if you believe this is extraterrestrial, let's go back to 1896, the year we discovered radioactivity. There was all these crafts flying around, wooden crafts. And they said the, the, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and the, the Washington Times 
both said Mars, coming from Mars, they're coming from Mars. If they're if these wooden crafts were flying around in 1896, were they actually did actually fly wooden crafts through the solar system and 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 come here? And are, are they from Mars? Are these beings from Mars? We we at that point we believed it because there was canals on Mars and and it was all exciting to be with telescopes watching Mars. And the the one that crashed, the one that they said they buried the dead dead alien in Texas, that one, it, it's the same sort of thing. It's this bizarre nature of this phenomena that people just sort of ignore they just they figure it's all figured out and we just got to get it the the craft that hit the windmill in 1897 or whatever we i always say to people like the thing flies across the universe and then pieces start falling off the thing like come on this is crazy this makes no sense whatsoever this 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 can't be extraterrestrial and if you look at the one in 1897 they hit the windmill it, and it just it just crashed and, and came in pieces and they the, the pilot was killed. And you read the newspaper articles, it was moving between eight and ten miles an hour. So you can't bend it with a, with a sledgehammer and you can't do all sorts of stuff. But if it hits a windmill at eight miles an hour, it'll crash into little tiny pieces. And and that's the thing is is I think that's what the government is doing. If you take a look, they're not saying no, you UAPs aren't real or we're not gonna do it. They always buck on the whole thing about extraterrestrial intelligence because we, how do you know if you've got a body and you got a craft, it's not. And, and I posted just today, I posted three different uh, postings on Facebook and Twitter on this whole thing. One was from my friend, uh, Yossi Ronan, who said the, the beings told him when we come into your world, we take on a body. We don't need a body. We can, we can take on whatever what we need to work in your, your thing. Uh, you can do the same thing. You don't realize it. Or Sherry Wilde, who asked, duh, are you actually an extraterrestrial? And he said, well, no, that would not best describe who I am. And I'm an etheric being. And tonight I got the final piece was was I found um, uh, um, uh, Susie Hansen, who does more on the grays than anybody. She's written these books very, very detailed. And she said that they showed her their real body. And it's a, it's an etheric type body. It was like a, like a, like an energy type being. And that they said the same thing. When we come in, we can take on whatever shape, whatever form we want. And we, we don't, we don't really need it. We just do it because it's practical. And that's this whole thing is we're making all these assumptions about what this is. And it was, it started as Mars. And then the Canadian one, if you remember the Canadian, the open Suffield, Alberta for this UFO, AFA to land, AFA said, Oh, we come from Uranus. Uranus is like 325 degrees below zero. And they said there's a half a billion people on Uranus. That's what AFA said. And and I remember the the metallurgist out of, out of uh, Ottawa told me he was living in Manitoba at the time. And he said, let me let me tell you something for sure, Grant. He said, I'll tell you what. At no time did we ever believe that guy was from Uranus. I don't care what he was saying. And that's the whole thing. So it was Uranus. And then suddenly uh, everybody realized, oh, it can't be from Venus. It's like 600 degrees above. And Uranus is 325 degrees below zero. And it can't be. So then it was suddenly like Betty Hill got this star map. And I, I don't recall any alien saying he's from Zeta Reticuli. He showed them the star map and they, they made the star map and determined this double star was Zeta Reticuli. And then suddenly it's like Zeta Reticuli and it was from the Pleiades and whatever. And then suddenly we, we start talking about multi, multi-dimensional uh, universes. And suddenly they're from the fifth dimension, the sixth dimension, the ninth dimension, the twelfth dimension. And they just keep changing. And that's what, what Semivan said. It, I posted this today. Semivan said this, this statement where... Uh, they they cajole you, they tease you, uh, they lie to you, but you can never take them home to your to your family. 
that's not allowed. And that's the whole thing. It's always like paranormal phenomena. It's always one step beyond our reach. We'll never solve anything. And that's we. I think the mistake we're making is that the government has this. They're going to tell us exactly what it is. I don't think the government has a clue. There may be one or two people like Tim Taylor who have a, a sort of a notion what's going on. Uh, but I think that we're, we're making this mistake of always tying the ET thing and believing that, that, that they're lying. You got to remember that NASA, if, if you take a look, they've made a big move. I said, there's no way that they would make the move. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration would make a move to do this unless they had an okay from the president of the United States. That was greenlighted. If you remember back to the Carter days, they, 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 Carter went to his, sent his science advisor to, to, to NASA to get uh, uh, another blue book thing studied started and and he'd cut their budget and so the CIA wrote the letter to NASA and said don't don't even think about starting a new investigation so that's what they said to the president oh we really don't have the funding to do this if you've got any metal we'll take a look at the metal and we'll analyze the metal but we don't have we can't look at all these UFO sightings and they killed it because they didn't want it they didn't want to have this thing in their backyard they knew what had happened to the US Air Force and and that's the the thing I think that we've got to keep in mind is that when they make these moves, everybody's doing this analysis thing, and uh, they're 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 going to analyze it. But the the ET thing, I think, is still out there. Uh, there's no no confirmed evidence as to where this phenomenon is from. And you start seeing these high level guys, and they're all basically saying the same thing. Especially here, Jim Semivan. I mean, he said, you know, people say we just got to connect the dots. He said, I'm not sure there's any dots to connect. There does not appear to be any there there. This appears to be some sort of consciousness outside this the the field of our present scientific knowledge. I think that's what it is, is that that's part of what they're covering up is they really don't know and they don't want to put their cards on the table because you put your cards on the table and tell the Russians and the Chinese what you're going to do. Then you may give them the piece that they need to, to figure this thing out. So you got to hide your cards. And I bring up the, the, the even from 18 from 1989. The whole story that people have forgotten about Bob Lazar, that Bob Lazar was issued a gun. So we say, oh, we want this exposed. We want to know where the crafts are. We want to know who's working on the crafts. And it's like, the, you know, this present thing, we're going to take their, their emails. We're going to put their addresses up, who's working on the crafts or whatever. And the reason they gave Bob Lazar a gun was because the story from EG&G was that the Russians were there and the Russians were going to try to kidnap somebody from the UFO program to find out what they knew. So they, they were all issued guns to protect themselves from being kidnapped. We would have to issue everybody a gun if we expose all these people and all these programs. And that's where Walker is saying. Saying that, that that this is national security and we're not going to expose it just because people are curious and they want to know about whatever it is. I, I'm pretty sure they really don't have that much more than, than you and I as to what's going on. Yeah, it's real. And nobody's denied it. You see, Obama said that. Obama said, yeah, we, got, we have these things. We really don't know where they're from. They're all making the same sort of statement is that we're working on it. And uh, it, it is a very complex mystery. This is not some simple little thing where uh, they're suddenly going to pull the crafts out and, and we've got it. Um, we do not have crafts that are the size of football stadiums inside that can go from here to star systems instantaneously. We don't have the technology. I, I do, do just don't believe we have that. Looking at the, the, the bad side of everything this year, there was a lot of scorning going on around you know the the whole tim burchett uh anna luna congressional hearings where they kept using the word transparency but still wanting to put everything behind the scenes and behind the walls of transparency what did you think about that well 
I don't know if I followed that whole thing. I, Burchette, I mean, he was he was he was open in terms of the way he wanted, but he's he's in big into conspiracies, so he ties everything into this conspiracy that you know there all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't think that's what the main issue is. The main issue Walker told us back in eighteen nine in nineteen ninety was this thing about about classification that there are reasons for classification. And uh, that if this is the most highly classified secret and you expose it, as Burchette just says, put it all out. And he, he, was, he didn't really understand what he was talking about. He could just get some, some clicks off of attacking the government. And uh, he, so he, he would say, put it all on the table. But all he wanted was UFO sightings. And, and that's not going to really get you anywhere because that's one of the things that James Lekatsky pointed out, which was one of the significant things in that interview. He said, we have 200,000 reports in the, uh, the, uh, the OSAP database and every single sighting was different. And nobody, nobody's repeated that. I mean, it's like pretend I'm not listening. I'm not that's that is pretty significant. And I and then when I went back and looked at my data from the sky pilot people, I have 36 or 37, 40 sky pilots who claim they've flown the craft. And suddenly I realized it's the same thing. It's a it's a basic principle. They go on the craft, they're put on the craft, and there's a being behind them, which appears to me to be a spirit guide in behind them, telling them what to do. And they touch the panel or they 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 touch Chris Bledsoe touches this this high beehive. One woman touches a ball. One woman pushes a button. Nobody's doing the same thing. There's no two stories that are identical. This, there's a, a common front. The craft is alive. You touch the craft. You become one with the craft. Whatever you think is what the craft does. But everybody touches a different thing. And I said, what's the chances that every single one is different? And that's what I say with aliens. When you start comparing, you take Betty Hill's gray, you take it and put it beside Whitley Strieber's gray, and you take it and put it beside Betty Andreessen's gray. They're not even like, not even close. They don't even look the same. And that's this thing that we we believe this idea that everything that you have these patterns and we're looking for these patterns. And when you take it, every single leaf on a tree is different. They may look the same. They're all different. Every snowflake is different. Every single person is different. Even uh, biological, identical biological kids have different fingerprints. They have diff different hair patterns and uniqueness is the, is the, is the principle. So when I heard Lekaski say, all UFO sightings are different, then it's like, well, throw everything out, all this data stuff. you got to, you got to go to, something beyond the data in terms of trying to figure out what this is, because you, you by counting the green ones and the red ones and the slow ones and fast ones, it's not going to get you anywhere. And there's always been these reports over the years already that the craft can morph. It can change shape. It can do whatever it wants. Uh, people inside the craft talking about a being just putting his hand and a book coming out of the wall and just going and the craft gets bigger and they, they're able to add stuff just by their thought. Uh, th there's no way we have this kind of technology. It's, it's way beyond everything we've, we've got. And the guys that are at the at the bottom end are either de designing that they want to they want to you know make our our bombs that on that we drop on civilians more efficient, or we're going to get a patent. A lot of it, I think, it's going to be people holding back to get patents. They realize because I, I told the story about uh, Tim Taylor and the invention that he got the medical invention. He sold it for big money. There's a lot of money in this whole thing, and even I think it was uh, maybe in Lekatsky talked about the fact that the biological stuff that there's massive numbers of patents on this biological stuff, that everybody's trying to corner the, the market on this thing to make money out of this thing. And that's what it's basically about. It's about weapons, developing weapons, shooting down Santa's sleigh, uh, and or it's about making money from the technology. And, and uh, the, the bottom line to me is always going to be the thing about what are they actually doing here? What's actually really going on here? 
and and the fact that they are in control and that that they that's what when J, when John Alexander who's now come forward he he called my managing magic book a compendium of rumors and yeah it was a compendium of rumors and now he's come forward and said oh yeah some of this stuff is real and it's like yeah okay now the rumors aren't rumors anymore they're they're real and he at one point uh, Jim Semivan had told him this is real this the government's running a program it's real and John said you know I don't know now, who's running the program and and then Jim Semivan said they are. And that's what people are forgetting. This phenomena is running the cover-up. The disclosure is happening because of them. They have lights on their crafts so you can see them. They're putting down crop circles. They're putting down cattle mutilations. They're doing all sorts of weird apport stuff. They're doing all sorts of, like in your appearance, where they, they appear and then they sort of disappear and you're sitting there scratching your head. And I, I gave that lecture when I was at your place, that thing in the theory of wow. Yes. All they want you to do is just go, wow. What the heck is going on? And they shatter naive reality. The world is not the way we think it is. It's, it's not simple. There's not going to be a simple answer to this thing. And it's like anything else in reality. The more you look at it, the more complex it gets. And science does not describe, does not explain anything. It only describes things. And the example I use now is the idea of the simple, simplest cell, the, the amoeba. One cell, uh, simplest cell, it has uh, 12 quadrillion atoms in it. It has 12 with 18 zeros after it, and it has up to 670 billion base pairs. The human body only has 3 billion base pairs. And, and we have this idea, oh, it's just a cell. It just divides. It's well, you think that there's 12 quadrillion atoms all appear out of nowhere, just sort of appear, and they all go with a three-dimensional spot, you know, and, and form and, and form this thing and put 670 billion base pairs in the proper order without any mistakes. This is just happening. That's the thing. Science is not really explaining anything. It's just describing. That's what we're doing in the UFO phenomena, and that's what it's going to be. There's never going to be the disclosure. Once you get to one step, you're going to realize it's more complex than that, and another one, and another one, and all, the only disclosure we're going to get is when the phenomena discloses things to us and it's giving us these hints as to what's going on, these little breadcrumbs. And the idea is to get you curious and to follow it, to go as Mike Clallan talks about, from symbol to symbol, on the symbols on the door. It's a door that's important, not the symbols, not the UFO. It's a door. It's attached to a door. And you get to the door and you go, hey, I wonder what's behind the door. And you open up the door and you go, oh, there's this vast unexplored universe. That's what's going on. The disclosure is going to come from the phenomena. It's going to reveal, but it's as John, as uh, Jim Summivan said, you never get to take it home. It doesn't allow that. You're never going to get to the bottom. They don't want that. They want you to continue to reach. It's about the it's about the process. It's not about the conclusion. We live in America where we want everything yesterday. Just give us the answer. Disclose it to us. Tell us what's going on. And then uh, we're going to make some money. We're going to have free energy and all this kind of nonsense. And that's not what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's way beyond anybody's understanding. And uh, it's the phenomena that we'll disclose as we go along. Scientists in this field, uh, and I'm going to quote Rich Hoffman here, uh, basically saying they they don't want experiencers in the way. They they want to be able to concentrate on science and the phenomenon. As we got about two minutes to go, Grant, how important is it to keep the experiencer in the game? Well, science is the same thing. It's like we, it's the same thing as the patent thing. We want to get control of this, and we're going to make the rules. We're going to make the rules. It has to be physical. It has to be measurable. So I, I bring the big debate. We want it measurable, and 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 you think you explain it. So we got the big debate. There was the big debate about evolution, but there was a second big debate that everody sort of forgets about. That was 1920, and the debate was between Shapley and a guy by the name of Curtis. And the debate was, and it had the biggest equipment, the most powerful measuring equipment there was. The the Harvard Astronomy 
uh, telescope. And uh, so Shapley, who ran the observatory for the Harvard University, said there's only one galaxy. And he maintained there's only one galaxy. And 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 Curtis was saying, no, there's this uh, this galaxy here, Andromeda. And he said, no, that's a, that's a gas cloud inside the, the Milky Way. There is only one galaxy. And Curtis said, no, there's more than one galaxy, but we're at the center of this galaxy. So they were both wrong. They had all this measurement. And that's what the science wants to do. It wants to... First of all, say it's got to be physical. You got to be able to measure it, and don't. We're, we're going to control this sort of thing. Uh, that that doesn't work anymore because this phenomena. I will say this is going to be a spiritual type phenomena, and and you're going to end up with nothing. Almost like the idea that that Donald Hoffman said that everything is an icon. You never get to touch reality. There's an icon in the way all the time. All you're seeing is symbols of of actual reality. That it just gets there, and actual reality is going to be non-local. And it's it's going to be uh, basically invisible, and you're never going to be able to see it. We're always uh, always steps away from from actual reality, and we're just interpreting this stuff. And we're describing Moses opening the Red Sea, and it's like fantastic. You described it. Now explain the trick. They're not going to explain the trick. They're just describing what's going on, colors, shapes, whatever. And they want budgets, and they want money, and stuff like that. And I think science is is they're out of their league, and unless they've studied this, just because you got a PhD in chemistry or biology or physics, that doesn't give you. I remember arguing with the the head of the dean of plant science at the University of Manitoba. He used to argue with me. I used to be a bartender there, and he used to argue with me all the time. And at one point, I said, "Hey, hey, you're a plant scientist. Hey, you know about roses. What do you know about UFOs?" And he said, "Oh, nothing." I said, "Thank you." <laughs> and that's the whole thing. We, Grant, we got you for another hour here on Spaced Out Radio. It's always a fun time with Grant Cameron looking over the year that was in ufology, 2023. We've done the good. We've done the bad. Is there an ugly side to this? We'll find out next, and we will take audience questions coming up in the next hour of Spaced Out Radio. All right, boss, we got about six minutes. I'm going to put you in the green room and take a break here, okay? Okay, I'm going to get rid of my suit here. I'm going to get in All right. Yeah, bring that jet stuff out. Be right back, guys. This episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.